and welcome to the Peaceful Pastures podcast, finding peace in the pastures, spending 10 minutes each day with your shepherd. I am Pastor Daniel Lewig, and this podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministries of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. On day two, we capture the context. We recognize our world today is just a little bit different than the world at the time of the Bible. There are customs, practices, idioms, descriptions of locations that are lost on us. On this day, we take the opportunity to explore the context of the chapters in front of us. Yesterday, we listened to chapters 41 through 44 of Genesis. Let's explore what's taking place surrounding this lesson. But first, let us begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, blessed are they who hear the word of God and obey it. Amen. In chapter 41, the first verse gives us the the time frame when all this is taking place. When Joseph remained in prison, it would be a full two years after the baker forgot about him, after the cupbearer forgot about him. Two years would pass before Pharaoh would have a dream. And here we see this, this picture of, uh, of magicians or omen readers. Uh, there's a few different words that can be used for this picture. We see the, the phrase wise men uh, coming into play here in Genesis chapter 41. Uh, we're more familiar with that, that title in Christmas time uh, with the, the wise men from the east. Again, these were uh, ad- advisors. Uh, and uh, sometimes they would function as fortune tellers or formal advisors to Pharaoh. Uh, But So that can have many different uh, meanings or aspects to being that magician or wise men or or omen readers. Those that thought would have the ability to potentially interpret dreams or uh, help with understanding different things. At least that was their function. Uh, None of them could do... Uh, what Pharaoh wanted to interpret his dreams. And it's then that the the cupbearer remembers Joseph and what Joseph did for him and refers him to Pharaoh. And so when they bring Joseph to Pharaoh and say that you're the one that we hear can interpret dreams, what do we see Joseph doing right away? He puts the the he deflects back to God and says it's not me that is able to do these things, but it is God that gives me the ability to do these things. The interpretations are from God. And so right there, again, we see Joseph's faith shining through in this example. As Pharaoh gives Joseph the the dream and, and Joseph provides the interpretation, here we see the full picture of God's design. Throughout all of this, he was guiding Joseph's life, leading him to this moment to be the one who would be now the, the second most powerful man, not only in Egypt, but with, with Egypt's uh, power at this time, potentially the second most powerful man in the world. From someone who was sold into slavery roughly 13 years prior to this, to being in prison, to now rising up to being only second to Pharaoh in the nation. 
Here we see God's guiding hand leading Joseph through this experience throughout these years, a 13-year journey when it mentions that he was 30 years old uh, when he rose to this position. Uh, this means that he was in, in slavery, uh, sold from his brothers roughly over a period of 13 years, which is also why with that time gap, the brothers not recognizing him when they come as the, the dreams are in, interpreted that there was going to be seven good years and then seven lean years. It would have been uh, almost 20 years by the time the brothers come because once we realize Joseph was in charge for seven years uh, of good years before people would start coming when the seven bad years started, it means that the brothers have not seen Joseph for over 20 years by the time they come to Egypt. So this is why they don't recognize him uh, at this time. Our text doesn't offer us any explanation in chapter 42 of Joseph's motive for treating his brothers as he did. Uh, But this was definitely a test. Uh, Joseph wanted to find out, as we read these chapters, it becomes evident. Joseph wanted to find out if his brothers showed any remorse for what they did. Had they changed at all? Would they treat their youngest brother differently when he received more than them, the way that Joseph received more when he was younger? Uh, Would they be okay with the youngest one being left behind and them uh, bolting back home? Uh, All of these were a series of tests with that design. So if you want to know why Joseph did this, uh, even though it's not expressed explicitly, in the tests that Joseph put out there, that's what he was trying to find out. Uh, and he heard it from their own words when they would speak in their Hebrew language, not recognizing, uh, not knowing that Joseph would be able to understand them. He heard it from his brothers themselves, uh, from their actions, how they cared for their youngest brother. Uh, We see, and this is why Joseph goes off and weeps bitterly at different points. As he finally deals with the challenges of uh, the family dysfunction of being sold into slavery, of all these things happening. Now you're seeing them and now having to deal with all these emotions uh, and challenges that were there and putting it in God's hands and willingness to, to, uh, uh, to offer forgiveness. We'll see that in next week's readings. But we contrast that with Jacob's reaction. Here is someone who does not express a lot of faith or trust in the circumstance but just assumes the worst when things happen. If the youngest goes, well, that'll be the last of him, just like it was for Joseph. Uh, we see a, a, an individual who is broken down by tragedy and loss and someone who is struggling to put his, his faith in the things that are now coming up, to struggling to put that faith in God to guide. We can tell throughout this that guilt still haunts the brothers 20 years after they betrayed Joseph. And again, we can sympathize with Jacob's distress under these very trying circumstances. But as we continue to look at Genesis chapter 41 through 44, as we look at chapter 43, I... There's a few different things that are here from customs. Uh, there were no coins at this time when it mentions money being found in the sacks. Uh, money, in most cases, was silver that was weighed out. 
the Hebrew word for money is, in fact, the Hebrew word for silver. Right now, historians believe that this would take this takes place around uh, 19th century BC. Uh, there's other reasons why they think this fits into what period of uh, Egyptian history as well. But overall, uh, this is a pretty straightforward text as it reads like a novel, as it unfolds the example of God's guiding hand over a period of about 15 years. Uh, from the good dream, the, the seven good years to the seven lean years, and then how all of this was by God's design to lead Joseph's brothers and to lead Jacob here to see their lost brother, their lost son, to see how God guided everything through. Uh, all of this is part of God's uh, eternal design. Uh, and we place our, our trust and hope uh, in his plans and how he, he guides things. We'll talk more about this in the coming, coming two days yet this week. This wraps up today's podcast. We invite you to join in next time and take the opportunity to share our podcast with someone in your life who could use some peace in the pastures. You can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us at Christ Countryside Wells, W-E-L-S, at yahoo.com. Our podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministry of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. Music used with permission from Koine, part of their soundtrack to Oh That the Lord Would Guide My Ways. You can find their music on iTunes and many other online musical stores. Scripture used in this podcast is from the Evangelical Heritage Version, used with permission from the Wartburg Project. This is Pastor Daniel Lewig wishing you God's richest blessings on your day.